Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, the podcast that watches scary movies and then dissects them from the virgin viewer and a veteran viewer. I'm the virgin viewer. Hi, I'm Cindy. I guess that makes me the veteran. That's the veteran viewer, hi, Josh. I'm Josh. Uh, I don't like scary hi, movies. Hi, hi, hi. I'm discovering That's, an appreciation of them. That's not entirely because true. Because we're in year two of this. There's You've enjoyed quite a few of these. Mm, uh, well, to be fair, I've also picked some that have been like... Insane. And have, kind of a dick movie on my part, I apologize. <laughs> All right, so what are we doing? This is July. Welcome to July, everyone. What is the most American month of the year? July. July 4th. Uh, <laughs> Who is the most American of all filmmakers? The one that most analyzes what it is Steven to be American. Spielberg? No. And Born on the Fourth of July, which is not Steven Spielberg. That's uh, the guy who did JFK, Oliver Stone. Yeah. I, was, uh, I saw yes. you were getting there. I was getting there. You were, you were taking the long way around the mountain. But. Got it. I got it. No. Um, I wanted to do something because we are recording this a little early. It's still June. And we're still in quarantine. Um, and the world is on fire because the police can't stop killing black people. Yeah. So I wanted to do a movie and I wanted to celebrate a director that examined and challenged what it is to be American. Okay. So we're going to get into George Romero's uh Zombie films. Zombie. Oh, um, he's the Night of the Living Dead guy, right? He is. So we're going to do Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and Land of the Dead. And they're very different movies. Did he direct all of them? Yes, he did. And they're all pretty great. Um, Okay. I'm really excited. Today is Night of the Living Dead, a movie that I would not say is in my five favorite horror films. When did it come out? But I would say is in the five most important horror films ever made. I feel like this is, it's a movie that's been out for a long time. It's from like the 70s? Uh, this movie came out October 4th, 1968. Oh, okay. Well, I was closer alert, than Cindy, I thought. I am really excited to talk to you about the events of 1968. Okay. Um, this movie is directed by George Romero, who, as I said, did the other zombie films. He also directed Creepshow. And he was one of the first directors on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yay, I didn't know he that. Was well, born, he was Pittsburgh, right? Well, he was born in Brooklyn, and then he moved to Pittsburgh to go to college, and he just stayed there. And he cool. spent the majority of his career. Uh, eventually, he moved to Canada. That's going to be a thing we're going to talk about later. But he started his career in Pittsburgh, and he kind of never left. He never went to Hollywood. Until he went to um, Canada. You know, it was Tom Savini, the famous effects guy, once said he didn't have to go to Hollywood to work on movies because Hollywood came to Pittsburgh in the form of George Romero, who just would make these movies, and they were And do them excellent. in Pittsburgh. Uh, I will say that I have a giant soft spot for George Romero, not, because of his, not only because of his politics and his films, but I grew up near Pittsburgh. So he's kind of your so, favorite guy. As a kid, you know, it was that happened. They shot that there. Like I, I know about this happened. Like right over there. Right over um, there. There. Like a couple hours from Point, my house. I just made you say underwear. So. So you are super familiar with these I movies. Am, I've been to the locations of where they shot a lot of these, and I'm very excited to watch these with you and okay. to talk about them. And I feel like 
now with the state of our country is the best time for us to dive into these. Okay. So the state of our country right now is it's on fire. <laughs> um, we're going through a bit of a growing pain. Again, I can't wait to talk to you about the events of 1968. Okay. So. <laughs> like I said, it's, it was directed by George Romero. It's written by George Romero, uh, George A. Romero and John A. Russo, who also wrote Return of the Living Dead, which is a hilarious 80s zombie film. We're watching that one too? That, that spun off, no. Oh. That's, that's not one of... We will Dang eventually, it. because it's fun as fuck. <laughs> I, I was, was watching a little bit of like it. a laughy movie. I actually okay. was watching a little bit of it the other day when you walked in the room, and... I don't think I remember. It, it, that movie is bananas crazy. Okay. Uh, it stars Dwayne Jones as Ben, who went on to star in Ganjin Hess. He died at the age of 51. Uh, from heart failure in 1988. It also stars Carl Hardman as Harry Cooper, Marilyn Eastman as Helen Cooper, Kira Sean as Karen Cooper, who was the real life daughter of Carl Hardman. So she plays his movie daughter and she's his real his, daughter. And it is his daughter. Judith Ridley plays Judy and Russ Strainer plays Johnny, who with the immortal line, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Which okay. was parodied in Shaun of the Dead. When. Okay. That's why Sean's mom is named Barbara. Oh. And he's like, stay so, there. We're coming to get you, Barbara. Like, it's a direct line lift oh. from Sha- like Night of so the Living So what I'm hearing is we need to watch Sean of the, Living- Sean of the Dead again after this to- so I can pick up some references. Uh, maybe. Okay. Actually, you know what? It would be really nice to watch all of these films and then watch Sean of the Dead afterwards. Because okay. there's a little bit of other movies in it, too. So this movie, Cindy, Josh, Night of the Living Dead, was made for a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars in nineteen sixty-eight, and it grossed thirty million. Whoa! Which is two hundred. That explains why Hollywood came to him. Budget. However, here's where the sad news comes in. He did. Wasn't he it? saw almost no none of that money thanks to a shitty distribution deal. The distributors got almost all of it. Great. Now, let the shitty story continue. Okay. So, this movie was originally titled Night of the Flesh Eaters, which is a terrible title. Okay. And so it was it... changed at the last minute by George Romero, who said, let's call it Night of the Living Dead instead. So, when they created a new title card, the company that created the title card didn't put the copyright logo, so this movie immediately fell into public domain. Oh. So, this movie historically has... 500 oh, bootleg sequels, shitty yeah. VHS copies and it's the uh, <laughs> it's the Wizard of Oz of movie of scary there's movies. There's a reason why this movie is in every other horror movie. Like every horror movie ever where there's someone's just watching something on TV, it's They're usually this. this movie because they could just do it. It's he never domain. saw a penny of it. That sucks so he, much. He created the modern zombie. I, I all I know about never saw a penny from it. Yeah, all I know from all I know about these movies is that the idea of like the what we think of when we think of like a zombie comes from these movies. Um, there's two types of zombies. Before George Romero in this film, zombies were Val Luton. I walked with the zombie zombies. They were like from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They didn't eat people. They kind of were like lifeless and they followed orders For and more just on that, demand them to go do whatever. We did an entire month of Val Luton movies, including I Walked with a Zombie. I love Val Luton. Oh my God, I love Val Luton. And, okay. <laughs> but, and the George second Romero type. 
totally created the idea of a zombie who is a flesh-eating ghoul. It did not exist before him. So, The Walking Dead, uh, Train to Busan, every film that follows this owes George Romero for the creation of the zombie. Yeah. They just did not exist before him. I do believe that that's all I know about him, is that everyone's like, Walking Dead is nothing without... <laughs> like it's a it's a copy of this movie or it, it's just like this movie and they pay tribute to him but the fact that he was not one of the richest horror filmmakers is sad upon his passing is bullshit that is sad total bullshit um <laughs> this is one of the first films that was added to the national film registry to be preserved for all time it's one of the last films because it was released in uh, October of 1968. In November of that year, the modern rating system, well, then it was just G, P, G, and R mm-hmm. came into play. So this is one of the last films to be released without a rating. Oh, okay. Um, Tom Savini was, we mentioned him earlier, the great film effects man who ended up being in like every Romero movie after this, was mm-hmm. supposed to work on this. And did But not. ended up going to Vietnam instead. Oh, yikes. Uh, and that's a whole thing that you can watch in the documentary about him that's on Shutter. It's pretty crazy. Yikes. So it's 1968. Oh, uh, before we just a couple Oh, we got more George Romero facts? No, just about this movie. So I do, I do love George Romero. Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 13th scariest movie of all time. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bravo ranked it as number nine on their 100 Scariest Movie Moment special, which is one of the most fun things I've ever watched. I remember living in Huntington when it came out. We would watch it every night okay. that it was on. It was shot over 30 days. It is in the Criterion Collection, uh, spine number 909. It is a beautiful transfer with a ton of special features. Is that what we'll be watching? Uh, that's what we're going to be watching. <laughs> I highly recommend if you're going to do it, just it's like 18 bucks which for Criterion Collection is insanely low Uh, and this movie was inducted into the Horror Host Hall of Fame as the most hosted film in history what does that mean by hosted? so Joe Bob Briggs oh okay got it there used to be every local station every local area would have like a horror host yep my mom talked about hers Uh, hers was like Zachary. He's like the OG. He's like yeah. where it all starts. It all spins off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a horror host in Night of the Living Dead. And when he shows up, I'll point him out. So there's a reporter in this movie. And his name is Bill Cardill. Okay. Bill Cardill? Cardill. Oh. <laughs> and he was a news reporter in Pittsburgh. And he hosted a late night a show called Chiller Theater. Cool. And they called him Chili Billy Cardilly. <laughs> and he was a huge supporter of like Romero and helped him like get stuff and Yeah, local guy. He kinda is he's not Zachary famous, but he's the Pittsburgh equivalent. Cool. And he's pretty important. Well Zachary was also long before nineteen sixty eight. Um I mean if we're talking about my mom when she was a kid, we're talking before nineteen six before nineteen sixty three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right, listener. If you listen to the show before, you know that we are crazy lefty liberals, and also we like to talk about the year that this came out in. So you can kind of—it's important that you understand and the context the, yeah. that a movie is released. 
I think we've established that in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. So, 1968, what we got? I'm going to go in the order of these important events as they occurred in the calendar year. Okay. So, Tet, the Tet Offensive and the Saigon Embassy being attacked, the U.S. Embassy in Saigon. When does that happen? January? That's the beginning of the year. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, the cool. first episode of Mr. Rogers Yay. is there. We love Mr. Rogers. The My Lai Massacre. Okay. Which might be the first time Mr. Rogers and My Lai Massacre have been put together in the In, <laughs> the in same one sentence. context. Uh, Robert Kennedy enters the race for president. Not for very long. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is assassinated. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act is signed into law by LBJ. But why can't people just protest peacefully? Why can't they just do that? Mm-hmm. The United Methodist Church is created. Yay, that's me. Well, I mean, The kinda. Paris riots. The 68 student oh, riots. Oh, okay. The student riots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hot Wheels debut. Okay. Uh, Robert Kennedy is assassinated. There it is. The invasion of Czechoslovakia by Russia? Russian forces. Mm-hmm. The Democratic National Convention police clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Where the police fought it out with... Man, there's a lot of similarities between 1968 and now. Mm-hmm. The police literally fought it out with protesters mm-hmm. in front of the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. I uh, can't wait for this year's National Convention. So, <laughs> first live performance by Led Zeppelin. Uh, Richard Nixon wins the presidency. Ugh. Yale announces it will accept women. Oh, well, thank you. That. that is crazy that it was 68. I thought it was so much, but I thought it was much before that. I thought uh, it was like in the 50s. Yeah, yeah right. I thought like it the was, end of the 50s. You know, the beginning of fucking time like it should have been. The White Album is released by the Beatles. That's a good album. And Cindy. That. Josh. December 1968. The year ends with the first appearance of... The Zodiac Killer. Oh, wow. So 1968 was for the 60s, what 2020 is for eh, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people that were born that year, because it's not been that long ago. No, that's only 11 years older than me. Yeah. So Cuba Gooding Jr., mm-hmm. Mary Lou Retton. What's up, West Virginia? Yeah, but say, that's a Fairmont lady. Molly Ringwald. Oh, love of my early childhood life. Josh Brolin. Daniel Craig, the current James Bond. Terry Crews. Nice. Will Smith. I didn't realize he was that much older than I am. Yeah. Okay. And people that died that year. Who? Yuri Gagarin. Don't know who that the, is. He was the first man ever in space. Oh, 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 yeah. Astro cosmonaut. Yeah. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy, Helen Keller. People who were killed, who died that year? Yep. Helen Keller died in 68? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what's funny about Helen Keller is people think that they, it was they, poured, so that, long ago. they poured that water on her hands and she was like, I understand you. And then that kind of ended her life and everyone was like, she just lived to be happy. And No, she was a socialist. She was a card carrying. I think she was a communist. In she fact. was a hardcore communist um, and fought for like workers rights. Well, like she would go into factories and stuff and mm-hmm. she like she would sign to her interpreter and be like, I can smell. No, no, how- she could talk awful this place is yep she could talk i know a lot about her i don't i think it's just because um i did a lot of work for the deaf community when i first got out of college and she is really insanely highly praised for the work that she did Mm -hmm. but it's funny to think like even that wasn't that long ago the americans with disabilities act the idea that just because you're deaf or mute or you know blind or both or all three that you're not 
You know what I mean? That idea. It's only 11 years older than me. Great. The the new words of 1968. Radical. Uh, gnarly. Noogie. <laughs> and trippy. All right. It's the year of, on the Hollywood spectrum, you've got 2001 A Space Odyssey mm-hmm. being this enormous money pit of like lights and, and fantasy color and... and and then this movie is just low, low, low budget. Shot with like f- the same cameras they would use to shoot like TV news. Oh, well, that checks out. Spoiler alert, this movie's in black and white. I was going to say, okay, so are we going to do a poster for this segment? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster and I try to discern meaning of the film from it. Now, I mean, this is Night of the Living Dead. I know it, you know, for the basics. I know this is a zombie movie. I know this is where all zombie movies kind of begin. Um, I don't know much else about it. I know it takes place in Pittsburgh. So we just have a black and white, lots of screaming people. uh, And in green, Night of the Living Dead. They keep coming back in a bloodthirsty lust for human flesh. Pits the dead against the living in a struggle for survival. Looks like a fairly diverse cast. There's a man of color. There's... Yeah, okay. So, I'm just going to say this now. All right. I said this might be top five most important horror films of all time. Okay. And also probably has top five greatest endings to a horror film ever. Like, the ending of this movie is so... Legendary. It is also legendary. Um, This movie is really, really, really far ahead of its time. Okay. Really, really far ahead of its time. And that's part of the reason why people love it? Uh, yeah. This movie created a genre unto itself, like a subgenre. It's. Yeah. Okay. It's a big one. It's a big one. When, I, when we first started doing the podcast, and I was like, what are the important ones? Because I, I don't want to do them all at once. I kind of want to. Space them out. Yeah, I did want to do like. The first year is we do all the. You know, pillars of the horror genre, and then by year two and three, I'm on like Leprechaun in the Hood. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I see. this movie's important. Okay. For a lot of different reasons. So we are going to be watching it on the Criterion Blu-ray. Is there any other place you can get it? Is oh, it available on Shutter? Everywhere. It's well, not, yeah, because it's not copy. It's public domain. <laughs> probably on freaking YouTube. That I mean, really kind of sucks. Probably have a. I mean, it's definitely on YouTube. You probably have a fucking shitty DVD copy in your house somewhere if you're listening to this. I don't. But If you open enough cabinets, you'll probably find an old DVD copy somewhere. <laughs> okay, so we're off to watch that, and uh, we'll talk to you guys in a little bit. I'm excited. Cool. Mind the doors.
telling you they can't get in here. Coming to get you, Barbara. Welcome back from watching Night of the Living Dead. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, welcome back from watching the most hosted movie in probably the history of horror movies. Most hosted because it, it is public domain. Oh, that's right, because there was a copyright issue with the where the copyright was. This was a really interesting movie, and it was definitely not anything that I expected. Period. Yeah. Uh, even though this movie came out in 1968, and sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of have to look at older movies through the critical eye of, like... The times. Yeah. Sometimes for, like, content, right? Right. But sometimes for just pacing and whatnot. I feel like this movie is extremely well-paced. There's a there, there, there's some gaffes, you know. Um, but on the whole... Yes, like I agree. It, it moves very fast. There are certain things like the fight scenes, you know, they're so slow paced and so, you know, plotted out. But on the whole, the whole movie, it, the, you know, the plot points, it goes very fast. Yes. For anyone who didn't watch the movie. Do you want me to do, me to do a recap? It's so weird to me that anyone would listen to these and not watch the movie. It's kind of the whole point. But I was just going to do a quick recap by saying... This is essentially the classic group of str- like strangers, mm-hmm. mostly like obviously the husband and wife and daughter know each other, but it's a group of randos who stuck in a place together during a, place, a zombie apocalypse. And the apocalypse has happening around them in this time in the form of zombies. If you're like, hey, that's the plot of every fourth horror film, it's because this every was the fourth first. horror film is kind of stealing from this movie. Ah, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> so that's what this movie is about. I would not have expected, like, I suppose I expected, you know, obvious zombies and all the tropes that go with it. Even though zombie is never said in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they call, call them, them ghouls. Ghouls. Mostly they're called those things. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to say, those things, those things out there. There's I things. loved that there was a person of color as the lead and it was never addressed. Um, somebody always says, you know, nobody hates gays more than gays or nobody hates women more than women. Like you hate when a character is forced upon just because it has to be. And this was a powerful male, um, African-American and it's never addressed. Like it's never, don't talk to me like that. Or he takes charge and they listen and he's really a powerful character. It was really cool. his character was actually originally written to be a white trucker who was kind of on the rougher side. Okay. Which is why some of the things are still in the script, like he slaps the shit out of Barbara. Well, she was going like, crazy. Whoa. But... But then he does, like, he uh, goes and, like, un, like opens up, like, her, makes sure she's laying down, and when she passes out, like, yeah. he, he is caring... But you do. You have to take charge. And if someone's losing their shit, I mean, it's like in Clue. When Miss Peacock starts yelling, he's got to slap her. <laughs> well, uh, as they were making this movie, when they were casting, I mean, he was a white trucker. And when Dwayne Jones came in to read for the part of Ben, everyone involved with the production, like Romero and Russ Streiner and 
Um, That's oh, the little creative team. Yeah, John A. Them. Russo, their their co writer, basically sat down and went. He's kind of the best person yeah. to audition. And so, that makes. I mean, there would be there there were men of color who were truck drivers we, too. So why don't we give him the role? And then they ended up not only giving him the role but changing the character to more suit who Dwayne Jones was as a person. Okay. Uh, he was a very gentle person, and they really played up like. He's stoic, and he's a natural leader, but he's not essentially like a loud, aggressive... Like yes. The character originally was written as like a loud, kind of Pushy. aggressive, I'm in charge, okay. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Lead, lead by force. And he was a truck driver who right. was a white guy. Um, and I just think it's interesting that they totally altered... And the same thing with like Barbara's character, when they cast Judith O'Day... They, they found themselves changing the character to suit her. And I think that's why the movie works as well as it does. Okay. Because, because they're, it's tailored to the needs of the actor. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. there are like technical goofs and stuff here and there. And it's a low budget film. But it ultimately, it's important. And as we get into talking about it, it is one of the first films to have an African-American lead. And it's also, I think, maybe the first film to be now, shot is in it Pittsburgh. S- is it celebrated for that, for being one of the first movies it to have a man of color? It does as the get lead? that credit. So, I mean, usually, you know, we think of Sidney Poitier and movies like that. You don't think of Night of the Living Dead as a civil rights movie, but it is, I would say it falls in there. The thing that's weird is so before I get into that, I'll say this mm-hmm. genre usually is the first place where these things are tested and broken, but they don't get credit for them, right? Like, people tend to not think, oh, one of the first black leads in a film is Dwayne Jones and Night of, uh, Night of, the, Living Night of the Living Dead. Just like people don't seem to think, oh, the first interracial kiss on television was on Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Like, it's these genre <laughs> it happens in these things, campy, like yeah. sci-fi and horror, where people don't expect a lot, where they can get away with whatever the fuck they want. And yeah. They push those boundaries. Because it's fantasy and sci-fi and futuristic. And then right? by the time, like, large Hollywood productions are doing them... It's become more norm. Yeah, it's, like, Hollywood's always a few years behind everyone else because they move so slow. Yeah. So... That makes... Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Never thought about it, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I. This movie is surprisingly very fresh, and I, I really, really enjoyed the rewatch. The Criterion Blu ray helps mm-hmm. because historically this movie has looked like shit. Oh, really? Because it's been in the public domain, so everyone's just. A copy of a copy of yeah, a copy. Like a VHS transfer right. on a fucking DVD for $2 at like Walmart. No, this looked great. This movie looks great. Criterion very did clear. a really fucking good job. We um, do we want to try and apply the archive while we talk about the thematic elements? Is this movie because this movie was brought out when Samuel Z. Archive's movies would have been really popular? So I wonder, was he any kind of an influence on Romero as far as making a movie like this? I don't think so necessarily. Romero just seemed like he was always doing his own thing, okay, and he didn't want to be the of the dead guy, right? He didn't want to be the zombie guy. And he, as a matter of fact, like the movie he made after this was about like a a hippie girl called There's Always Vanilla, <laughs> and it's totally not horror at all. And then he tried to do something kind of a horror adjacent with the crazies. So, and then he did a witch movie, but it was like 
witches in current times, where it was kind of a feminist film. So it's kind of like, you know, when Leonard Nimoy, you know, I am not Spock. And then eventually being like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, I am. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Essentially, like, Romero would make a Of the Dead movie, and Mm -hmm. it would be, except for Day, fairly successful. And then he would go off and make two or three movies that were wildly unsuccessful that he really wanted to make. And then a studio or, like, an investor would say hey, I think it's time you make another zombie movie so you're bankable again. Now, is Day of the Dead the third one? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Samuel Ziarkov was a studio producer, filmmaker, all that nonsense. And his method for making a successful movie was based on his name. It had action. This movie has a lot of action right away. We start off in the cemetery, but... How many minutes in before, I mean, she's attacked. It starts pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very quick. I mean, you get a little bit of exposition. The only thing that... I, the only exposition, though, that you get, other than the radio... Is, well, them being like, you know... Talk about their family, why they're... Hours, dr- right. Which, the idea that this was shot in Evansville Cemetery, and I've been there. It Ooh. is 100% not three hours from Pittsburgh, as oh. they say. It is like... 40 minutes. From yeah, Pittsburgh. but would it have been in the 60s without an interstate? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Probably still. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's no way it was three hours. Three hours from Pittsburgh is where I grew up in Payton City. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Like, okay. That's a distance. Uh, revolutionary. This is this is um, the idea of a zombie. We learned this is, this is him. This is it. It has never before been flesh-eating. I... Yes. The... Uh, Closest we get is the movie that we did way back when we did Val Luton, right? I walked with a zombie. But even then, it was, she was more like in a trans state. And it, it was all Haitian. Like yeah, it was the Creole kind of, right. This, you add uh, flesh eating, you add um, they can't be killed, like this immortality. You, they add all these rules, stuff that we absolutely know today. Yeah, every bit of The Walking Dead starts here. Uh, every bit it, of any kind of zombie thing later, starts here. I don't think you can underestimate how important we wouldn't have this movie is. We wouldn't have a thriller uh, if we didn't have. The, you know what yeah. I mean? That so I mean, just right there. If you think about, well, we wouldn't every, have the video for the, thriller. We would, <laughs> No, but I don't think we'd have Thriller even because it's based, like the whole thing was he saw a zombie movie and the way they moved and he wanted, you know, he created a song about that. So you wouldn't even have It'd that. Like vampires or something. Right. So if you think about just in, ter- in those terms, you know, Thriller, regardless of the artist behind it, is probably in the top five albums of all time. It just is. Well, if you get rid of, uh, you know, that's a huge impactful mm-hmm. piece of the world gone. And I've I've never seen George Romero. We've been doing this zombie movies podcast ever. for two year two years. Is yeah. this our second year? This we are in year two. <sighs> I don't think <laughs> that we've watched a movie that has been this important before. Like we've watched a lot of movies, but I don't think we've seen we've watched anything that more checks the box of revolutionary right. and important. And here's why in a nutshell it's wildly successful like if we just look at the creation of zombies Mm -hmm. happens here right flesh eating slow moving hordes of mindless zombies double tap in the head yeah that can Mm -hmm. you have to destroy the brain or remove the head 
right? That all starts here, all the way through Shaun of the Dead, through 28 Days Later, through Train to Busan, all of that starts, starts here. here. Yeah. All of that money that's been made starts here. The Walking Dead, all of that cultural out, like, reach yep. begins with George Romero, who didn't make a fucking penny off this movie, but that's whatever. <laughs> so there's that. Casting an African-American as the lead in this movie, and then, spoiler alert, fucking having him killed by the police in the end of the movie. Yeah. After he survived the zombies. Yeah, that says is something. very telling. Especially because it was made in the yeah, late 60s. In, and, the, and now, especially with everything we've talked about with police brutality and... It's a very timely movie and you wouldn't Brown realize Taylor, it. Like... Elijah McLean. Movie. Then the list gets longer every still week. Still holds up and the ending is still very potent because the ending oh of this movie oh my gosh yeah it took my breath the away only survivor the only the only movie that did that to me was invasion of the body snatchers this b-rated goofy movie that we watched and then seeing the ending it was like uh, oh my god i totally did like it it oh my gosh that's it i love it um th- th- this movie did that like that's the thing about endings sometimes an ending if it's a good movie with a shitty ending, that's the same you remember it as being not a great movie. Yeah, it's the same if way with a book. it's an okay movie with a great fucking ending, you're like, well, that movie was really good. Yeah. The ending is what you go out on. But so the idea of, because remember, Romero talked about the day they finished this film. Like, they finished the sound mix. They finished the edit. While they were driving. They loaded it in the car yeah. to take it to New York. And the drive that day is when Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Correct. And that's the climate this movie was made in. And they and both looked at each other like, huh, we uh, might have just done something here. <laughs> and now we're in a similar climate. Yeah. And this movie is still very relevant. So there's a documentary on Shudder called Horror Noir, and it's the history of black people in horror films and how they went from being like the joke to the victim. And one of the early examples of like positive people is this one is Ben in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like there are stories in that documentary about people seeing it for the first time and actively like black people cheering. Whenever yeah, he, says to, he says to Carl, you can be boss downstairs. I'm, I'm boss, boss up here. Seat, yeah. And he slaps the fucking shit out of him. Hell and yeah. I believe this was about the same time as Sidney Poitier in, uh, or maybe a couple years before. No. In the heat of the night? In the heat of the night? I don't know. Never mind. I thought we were going to say. around the same time? Uh, look who's coming to dinner. No, Sorry. But in, in the heat of the night, Sidney Poitier slaps that. Old white guy who's racist <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And this movie, Ben Ben, John, or ben Johnson, God, Dwayne Jones slaps two white people. It's a mm. twofer. It's a two slapper. I think I bet you it. I bet this movie came first. Like you said, it starts here. I, we have I, to look that up. That's I interesting. I want to say I think in the heat of the night was the year before. I think it was '67, but I could be mistaken. Uh, but it was Norman Jewison who was neither Jewish. Uh, <laughs> Nor Norman. Nor Normany. Um, he's, yeah, but. Um, Going back to the Arkoff well, thing. Hold on, I was going to say. Okay. So, Revolutionary checks the boxes, right? Yes. This is like the first film to be shot in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh became not like a, the biggest destination for film, but it became this like kind of like small mecca thanks to George. Like most of the independent were film. Shot there. Like. I didn't know all that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, 
we'll talk more about it when we get to the next film, but where they shot Dawn of the Dead in the mall, there is a bust of Romero's head inside the mall. Oh, that's going to suck when that mall goes down because they're all going down right now. Uh, so So action, yes. Revolutionary, yes. Killing, for sure. Oratory, yes. Some of the, um, most of the killing, though, is done off screen. off screen, but the way they shoot it, it makes it seem like yeah, it wasn't until you're we in watched, the fight. Yeah, it wasn't until we watched the documentary and they broke down the scenes. I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't really show anything. The zombie that you noticed that gets jabbed in the head, mm-hmm. that uh, Ben jabs in the head with a tire iron. Yes. That was the film's co-writer, right? That was uh, Russ? Johnny Russo. Russo, yeah. Um, fantasy, yeah. I guess the only one that doesn't check off is fornication. There's no uh, no sexy times in this one. Not a bad thing, but there's no you know there is none of that. I, yeah, but again, this goes back to a thing we've talked about in the past with fornication. I don't know how you would have squeezed that into this. No, movie. not a good act, and that's the other thing. Like a good act, maybe that's the difference between an Arkov, you know, campy movie and a good movie. I know that sounds awful, but it's that fornication. It's that boobs for boobs sake, you know? Yeah, I think that's what, that makes an exploitation film. That's, that's, there you go. that's the word. Like, we're looking at a cultural touchstone film. Right. Through the lens of what is a way to make a quick exploitation film that would sell to... Like drive-ins in the South. Right. That's the Arkov yes. formula. But for a movie that is going to be as groundbreaking as this will become, you're right. There's no point in that. There's. Well, I think it, it would they, dumb down the whole purpose of the movie. If they would have tried to cram it in, it wouldn't have made any sense. The only thing I can... <sighs> because who is going to stop in the middle of a zombie film? Like, I get it if it was a longer term. Yeah. Like, you're trapped in one, like, the mall. For more than 48 or 24 hours. Right. But the idea of, like, you're trapped overnight Mm -hmm. in a house that's set upon by zombies. Yeah. You're going to be like, all right, everyone, time out. I'm going to go fuck it out with this white lady. Or I'm going to go fuck (laughs) it out, like, with this ugly ass, like, old white dude. Nah. Yeah. I totally agree. There's a lot. Do you have a lot of trivia to go with this movie? There should be a lot, I would assume, because this movie is really broken down. When you have Oscar-winning directors saying that this is their favorite movie and that Romero's, you know, their their favorite, this movie's been dissected a bit. So what have you got? Anything Uh, super cool? a couple things I want to throw out, little bits of trivia for you. Um, This is one of the most successful independent movies ever. It was made for 114000 at the time, and, and it grossed about $30 million. And the cast and crew saw virtually none of that. Yeah. And they also didn't get any residual rights or rights down the road to own things like the word, uh, not the word zombie, but like basically the, the thematic elements of right. the um, They lost mm, that when right. they lost the copyright. Kind of like how Isabella Lugosi, who has like the standard vampire look you know the mm-hmm. like that's a look that is co- copyrighted by a person because that's the character they didn't get a chance to do any of that yep. and that stinks uh-huh. i really wanted the character of ben to have like a happy ending like oh he became a really popular fill in the blank rather than just like man he was a stage actor and he kind of kept doing that and he died in 1988 i think from <sighs> heart attack um yeah but he went on record before he died saying like he had never watched another romero or zombie film it just wasn't his thing yeah he just did it he was like it was just supposed to be a stupid independent I mean, movie <laughs> they did it i saw an interview with him once from a, a year or two before he died and he talked about his 
the moment on set he disliked the most was someone killed a moth. Like, they mashed, like, a moth that was flying around on set, and he was like, that was really unpleasant, and I feel like it was unnecessary to kill that moth. (laughs) That tells you the kind of guy he was. Yeah, he's not a zombie killer creature movie. He was not going to watch Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. (laughs) Um, It just, it wasn't who he was. He was apparently, like, a really nice... Gentle spirit. Gentle, gentle person. Uh, The house that it was filmed in was actually given to them by someone like i think it was one of romero's friends that said hey we're gonna demolish this house this house is set for demo and romero's like we can do that for you bro so they had to (laughs) clean the house because it had been essentially just setting open the elements okay they had to clean it and and then decorate it okay and then shoot in it which is why they're like throwing fire and like boarding up like the door and the walls and i mean you can destroy it uh so it's hard not to think about George Romero and then not also think about Tom Savini, the actor and effects makeup man. He's the guy who created the zombie look. Well, he was supposed to work on this and he would go on to do the effects for Dawn of the Dead and Star, well, not a Star, but he had a, an acting role in Dawn of the Dead. And he oversaw the effects on Day of the Dead and he actually directed the remake of this movie, which came out in 1990. Where the character of Ben is played by Tony Todd, who played Candyman. Okay. It's a color remake of this movie from 1990. Okay. And Tom Savini directed it. It was also shot in Pittsburgh. Um, But Romero wanted Savini to do the effects on this movie, but Savini was in Vietnam serving at the time and couldn't. Oh, I saw that on the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why this is like the one... I think, I'm not sure if Land, but the the original trilogy, this is the one that Tom Savini doesn't have any real connection to. Um, everyone served crazy multiple roles in this, right? Like, Were the they guy like who played the husband character, and... Carl Hardman, who played Harry, mm-hmm. the, the dad and husband and the one who's, like, very argumentative, for instance, right? <laughs> the one who's very argumentative, right? that's the way to say the, it. The white guy okay. who argued with everyone. Yeah. So okay. he was... An actor, a co-producer, he worked and did makeup on people. He helped do the sound effects. He was a makeup. And he took still photos that were used at the end of the movie whenever Ben dies. Those were taken by him. Oh, yeah, where it kind of has this documentary type ending. Cool. Uh, This movie was criticized on its release, Cindy, for its overly graphic violence. God, it was not graphic violence at all. Y'all. And <laughs> y'all, <laughs> so this movie was originally titled Night of Anubis, being the Egyptian <laughs> god of the dead. Okay, and then someone was like, George doesn't make any goddamn sense, no one knows what that means. <laughs> and he was like, Night of the Flesh Eaters, and that's where they put the copyright. And then they realized there was another movie that came out like 10 years before that called Flesh Eaters, so they were like, Night of the Living Dead, and they forgot to put a little copyright symbol. Oh. On the title when they made the movie. That's right, and then that's and why it's, that's public, why domain. it's public domain. What a stupid that's why reason. This fucking movie is in the background of every other movie you've ever watched that's watching low budget it. because they can just throw this on in the background like yep. the character's watching this on Halloween. That is awful. Because they didn't have to pay shit for it. That is awful. Yep, and like I said, this movie was filmed mostly in Evan City, uh, the Evan City Cemetery, and Pittsburgh. Like, the news station on TV was in Pittsburgh. The basement 
right, was not on set. There was no basement in that house. Okay. So when they go through that door, that basement is actually the film like studio closet. in Pittsburgh. Oh. Oh, the, the big yeah. warehouse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other cool trivia fun stuff? I, I think as far as watching this with my family, uh, did, my, did Ma watch this with us? No, she didn't. No. I think she... No, no. I think she would be okay watching this. This is good pace for her but she would think it was she would agree that it's too graphic um this movie is of her time they do the this movie did the same thing psycho did in 1960 which is it's black and white because they wanted to shoot on 35 instead of 16 and the blood is just chocolate sauce (laughs) right yeah because you can't see the color so they just needed something that had the same viscosity and texture as blood that's an old Hitchcock thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, Psycho, they used Bosco chocolate syrup for Psycho yeah. in the shower scene. That's chocolate syrup um, and then that drink. I, it might actually be interesting to watch this from, with Ma. In, let's see, she got married in 67, so she was 20. Like, this is, like, 21. Like the, Maybe she saw this on its initial release. Oh, I, um, no, the man dad, she was married to would not have... Your dad out when he realized the black man was going to be in the I just hurt. say, the man she was married to would not have uh, been cool with that uh, <laughs> i would watch this with the lead role he was going to be the semi-racist white truck driver and then make <laughs> <laughs> um i would watch this with my 14 year old for culturally but it would be hard to keep his attention this is a quick like it is a quicker and a more fast-paced movie but not for you it know is, it is an hour and 36 minutes it's it's quick but very short we'll see uh, we'll see Okay, give me something else. Any noteworthy, any mentionable awards, anything like that? I mean, this movie came out, it was amazing, and then it essentially, um, well, this movie was, it came out and set the standard that people kept asking George Romero to redo for years, right? Anytime he tried to stray a field or far from this genre in this movie and even the other of the dead movies are wildly different from each other they, they each pick up a different social issue in a way okay i think and i don't think the first one i don't think this one it was as intended i know that i think it was like a in a lot of ways some of it was like a happy accident of like oh we really were just making this movie from our hearts mm-hmm. and our hearts were set in a very liberal the lefty time. situation right. but i think his later out. movies he was definitely like hey um i'm just gonna point out some shit about our culture yeah and i, I noticed in the documentary movies. we only watch pieces of it because i haven't seen dawn and day of the dead yet but i noticed you know he does say kind of his thing was to put a black man as the lead so i guess that's something that can be expected but i know he said he ran into some issues with that in the 90s even but it was the 2000s that was land of the dead but like that that was something that he wanted to do so yeah okay so he kind of realized he had a platform and he used it Mm -hmm. so i in conclusion in conclusion i feel like this movie wouldn't make my top four or five favorite horror films of all time okay but I feel like if you were going to make a Mount Rushmore of horror, this movie has to be on it. Oh yeah, this is it's one a foundation. Of the most important 
horror films of all time for various reasons. Yeah. Okay. So next week we're doing Dawn of the Dead, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, the way I remember this, the way I remember this is that I'm a teacher and I teach literature. And so I know that Ellie Wiesel's books are Night, Dawn, Day. <laughs> and that's how I remember the George Romero trilogy. It's Night of the, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. There are so oh. many people. What am I saying? So many people. There are a small handful of people driving in their cars right now with horror t-shirts just shaking their heads. That's how I remember it. Going, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> There's a very, uh, very famous literature series that's called night dawn day it's the holocaust remembrance uh memoir okay and that's what i'm familiar with i was gonna crackle <laughs> so it, I remember it and please don't unfairly compare it to the gloriousness of these films sorry bud but i feel like you can't really sh- make well anywho so dawn of the living dead next week well, dawn, dawn of the living dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. They drop the living. Yeah, there's no more living. They're all... Oh, actually... Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Dawn of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Land of the Dead. Okay. And that would be our month. Cool. For July. America's month. So until then... I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend.